Welcome to the Basketball Parents Journey Podcast, where we capture parents' stories about their journey so far and what has worked and not worked for them. Listen as parents share their wisdom across a wide spectrum of experience from beginners to college athletes and their recommendations for you as your player embarks on the next stage of their basketball journey from beginner to high school player and beyond. The Confidence Puzzle by B.J. Mumford, a parent's guide to charting a course from the rec league to high school basketball. Introduction. Imagine you're building a 1,000-piece jigsaw puzzle, and after hours of work, nearing the final placement of the last few pieces, you get a sinking feeling that there is a piece missing. Your player's confidence is like a puzzle that you don't have the box for. You can only see the big picture after all the pieces are in place. And at the start, you don't even know if you have all the pieces. Confidence is built from the knowledge and certainty your player has in their ability to execute each of the smallest details successfully. The problem is no one is taking the time to show them how to execute those details, how those pieces fit into the big picture or what other pieces may be missing. They may be collecting a pile of puzzle pieces, but not assembling a puzzle. Now imagine the relief you would feel when you find that last puzzle piece that was missing, orient it toward its rightful position and gently press it down into place. Ah, your player will feel a similar sense of relief when they are finally able to complete their puzzle, when all the skills they know are assembled in a cohesive framework that finally makes sense. When they have certainty in their ability to execute both the decisions and the skills they need to succeed in any situation, that is when confidence emerges. The Confidence Puzzle. Chapter One, Concrete Confidence. Confidence is often used interchangeably with phrases like self-esteem and believe in yourself, addressing the need to have a positive view of yourself to achieve success. I call this the fluffy kind of confidence, the kind that is vague, inactionable, and meant to provide good feelings in the hope that things will change for the better by thinking positive thoughts. When I say players are lacking confidence, I mean the concrete confidence that emergent property that only appears when a player achieves certainty in a skill or ability that has been built piece by piece over time, like a puzzle. Author and business coach Dan Sullivan describes the cycle of developing confidence in his book, The Four C's Formula, as progressing from commitment, courage, to capability, and then to confidence. I find this to be very accurate in observing basketball players over the past 15 years Players that are committed to improving and dare to risk failure and test out new skills in competition prove their capabilities to themselves, and confidence is the natural result. Now, to most accurately understand what produces confidence, I think we must also look at its opposites, uncertainty, indecisiveness, nervousness, and the fear of making mistakes. The top four antidotes to these effects are coaching consistency, decision practice, skill certainty, and reframing mistakes. Let's take these one at a time. One, coaching consistency. 
Coaches are notorious for making changes on a whim, often without any thought for how it will affect their players. Changing offenses midseason, changing starting roles and lineups every game, changing plays every possession, or substituting five players every two minutes. All of these lead to your player feeling as if they have no firm ground to stand on. Your player will often act nervous, indecisive, or just freeze up on the court due to information overload and attempting to remember everything that they've been told to do and everything that has been changed since they were told the last thing to do, which often includes directly contradictory instructions from the coach. What is even worse is when a coach attempts to create artificial chaos or adversity for your player, thinking that more random things for the player to learn, react to, and remember will somehow make them better at reacting to real game situations. Here's a tip. It doesn't. Consistency in coaching comes from having a system. Coach Ron Ecker, former college head coach, NBA assistant, and author of Basketball's Third Element, Improvisation, discusses the importance of a cohesive system that provides rational consistency across all areas of a program, team, offense system, and defensive system. A principled or rule-based offense and defensive system have been proven to be most effective in producing the greatest performances by players and teams. My favorite example is the Phil Jackson era Chicago Bulls and the triangle offense. This was a simple system that provided consistency to coordinate players while also providing a framework of offense within which players could improvise and create their own best opportunities. This led to the dynasty of the Chicago Bulls with Michael Jordan. Teams that have simple, consistent rules for offense and defense and coaches that work hard at eliminating Distractions and contradictions are always more successful by allowing the players to become more mentally efficient. Decision practice. Number two, players spend a large amount of their early basketball career practicing technical skills, the fundamentals as they're called. Usually in an isolated, stationary environment with little or no movement, no defense, and no decisions. In games, these players are required to apply those technical skills in a variety of chaotic situations that each have multiple possible options, cues, and decisions to be made in real time at game speed. However, if they're not succeeding in applying the skills to these competitive chaotic situations, they're usually advised by their coach to return to more stationary fundamentals, stationary, isolated, and boring practice which leaves players unmotivated to continue or really practice in any way, if that's what practice looks like. What is missing is what I call bridging the gap from practice to games, which requires applied skills in focused game situations, allowing your player to get the necessary repetitions of reading cues, selecting skills, and making decisions in a controlled environment that progresses toward more and more variables and a higher and higher speed. This allows the progression from isolated skills to combination skills and from slow conscious decisions to eventually unconscious automated decisions that eventually match the game speed, game realistic cues that they need to react to and allow them to choose the right skill to execute in every game situation they're in. More about decision training will be coming in chapter two. Number three of our antidotes, skill certainty. I see the progression toward confidence and skill coming from four fairly simple steps. 
one, awareness of what your body parts are doing, which can be a struggle for many young players. Two, understanding what your body parts should be doing, which again is often missing for young players. Three, receiving precision real-time feedback when a single piece of a skill is executed correctly. I did not say incorrectly. We'll get to that. Number four is having certainty that the whole skill is executed correctly based on physical experience executing each piece of the skill. So if you follow that progression, the player is developing awareness of what their left foot is. Then they're understanding that what their left foot should do. And then they're understanding what their left foot should do as part of shooting a layup. And then finally, shooting a layup with that sense of doing it correctly, having done the physical experience, they know that they've done a left-hand layup and they've used their left foot correctly. Most players are kinesthetic learners, meaning they learn by physically doing the skill themselves and have no idea what their body's doing. Demonstrations are great, and there are about 20% of players who are primarily visual learners that can match their movement to what they see a coach demonstrating or performing. What's missing for most players that attempt to learn by only watching YouTube videos or clinic demonstrations is the precise feedback mechanism that allows them to realize what it feels like to perform each small component of the skill correctly. Once they feel it and receive verbal confirmation simultaneously from a coach at the exact second they execute it, they understand it and can self-correct going forward. Doing this on hundreds of skills by breaking down thousands of pieces allows your player to have an arsenal of skills that they are 100% certain in how to execute because they have felt it and experienced it kinesthetically. Players I work with often begin telling me their own corrections when they make a mistake because their focused awareness has been heightened to the point where when they feel exactly what went wrong compared to the kinesthetic model they have developed. For instance, they shoot a free throw and they hit the front of the rim. They tell me they need to get their shoulders over toes at the start of their shot so that their body's coiled more like a spring and they get more power out of it. And having done that and been reinforced in doing that over time, when they get off track, they recognize what their own solution is, what I call the self-diagnosis system. It's a great thing to see as a coach. I know my job is done when players are their own best self-correcting coach and can mess up, identify the problem, find the solution, and apply it on their next attempt all on their own. Number four, reframing mistakes. Mistakes are bad, most players would agree, whether it be a missed shot, a fumbled pass, or dribbling off of their foot. Mistakes are bad, and coaches reinforce this idea with the instant sub if you mess up approach. This cripples your player from attempting anything they see as even slightly risky, like attacking to score, and usually leaves them as indecisive, passive participants in the game. If we can reframe mistakes as A, completely explainable based on either technique or decision, and B, within your player's control to change, they can make a miraculous difference. I like to think of basketball as a perpetual lab experiment. Funny story, after writing this section, I acquired another business with a gym built inside a warehouse called the Hoops Lab, which uh, totally aligned with what we're about to talk about here. 
a perpetual lab experiment that allows players to take on the role of a scientist, wherein their experiments are all results equal information. When they miss a shot, we create a theory for what caused it and try again. We'll talk about this more in chapter four. When they mess up the timing, footwork, dribble, whatever, we try again. Drilling down into as small of components of that skill as necessary to find the cause and a theory for a solution to try next. There's no wrong way to play basketball outside of rule violations. And those rules are the most consistent thing about basketball and not worthy of worry or fear. Instead, we change from the player's defensive mindset of don't travel, don't make a mistake, to an offensive mindset asking what is a more effective, more efficient, more accurate, and more consistent method to get the result we want, e.g. a main shot. We change the player's perspective from one of avoiding attempts at new things for fear of messing them up to confidently creating new and improved skills in the pursuit of increased and improved performance.